0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by
1: Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And ERIO's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Alarmist Aftermath, a bonus episode where we discuss listener opinions on our verdicts. Now, today, we are going to read a, a listener email. We had Jenny Nelson... Reach out to the alarmist Podcast at gmail.com. That's our email. And she wanted to talk about the home alone episode that we just uh, we put out
0: uh during the holidays. Okay, that's one of my personal favorites. Producer Amanda here.
1: Yes, we should say producer Amanda is joining us to yes. to see if we agree with Jenny.
0: I, I can't wait. Yeah, let's hear what Jenny has to say. Okay, so she says that
1: Uh, I might be late to the party, so this might have already been discussed, but I just have to say that I believe the mom is at fault, and she underlined that. Whoa. Furthermore, cousin Heather should have stayed on the board for way longer. Here is my case. Okay. And she has a, a pretty lengthy case. When Heather was doing the head count, she counted herself two times. She was numbers three and 11. Interesting Which I I hadn't even realized I didn't catch that is that right well she she puts on a a good case she says if you look in front of the van there was five girls including her and four boys at the neighbor Mitch inside the van to get the correct number of boys five so five boys five girls. She later told mom that there were five boys, six girls, because she counted herself as two girls. There should have been 10 children counted that an extra child being reported wasn't a red flag to mom is beyond me. That Mm -hmm. should have triggered a recount. So (laughs) Jenny is pushing the recount. Interesting. uh, And she says, she goes on. If Heather had only counted herself once, her mistake would have been completely understandable because Mitch was in essence standing in for Kevin. This is the neighbor. Buzz's attempts to throw her off by randomly spewing other numbers maybe did get the best of her. But when she confirmed the number with her aunt slash Kevin's mom, the mystery sixth girl should have been investigated. So she she's saying that Kevin's mom should have known there's five girls, not six. It it just doesn't stand. Heather is a child. Um, instead, mom was totally fine with it. It doesn't stand. Heather is a child and the blame cannot lie with her, but she really screwed up. The tipping point for me is that it was not caught by mom when it totally should have been. Also, I feel like I can say it's on the mom and give... Give the dad an out. This is very scandalous. He's a dunce in the whole movie, and he's allowed to be a dunce. So it seems like an
0: ongoing issue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, she's saying we have to sort of accept the family dynamic as it's presented to us. Although I I might
1: have an issue with that, but she goes on. Uh, Mom should have stepped up a long time ago and said quote I need your help to carry this load. I can't do it all myself. <laughs> you need to pitch in more and stop being so worthless. I know. But quote. you
0: you still I I like that we we all would hope the mom would step up and say that, but it's just that's really still on the dad.
1: I think so too. I mean, as as a as a partner, yeah. You have to be aware of your uh relationship dynamic, right? Right. I mean, I mean
0: I guess you could argue the mom chose this guy as a husband. I'm sure he's always been like this. Yeah, but and it, that still doesn't excuse him his behavior.
1: No. I but I, I, she's making a point. You know, she's she's saying that uh the mom should have had her feelings heard or her needs. She yes. needs to step up to the plate. It's it's interesting. It's interesting. Um then she says um uh, that she should have been a better advocate for herself from the get-go. You'll never get it if you don't ask for it. Now, this is a person who's been to
0: therapy. I was just <laughs> going to say that. She's like, you You can't expect people to read your mind.
1: Yeah. And you know what? My therapist would probably say the same. Yeah. Um. So, you know, she... Uh, Oh, okay. So she goes on. Okay, let's hear it. As Rebecca said, uh, I apparently said, he is much more help in the second movie. I think you said this. (laughs) So maybe she had a sit down with him and told him if he didn't shape up, he could ship out. (laughs) I
0: want to see that movie.
1: (laughs) If that's what went down, hopefully she took on some of the blame for that because it totally takes two to tango.
0: That's true. They are both complicit in that dynamic. With that, I agree.
1: It's a partnership and she was shouldering way too much. So, I mean, this is pretty much that that this is what led her to the decision of blaming mom, not just mom and dad. Um, but she is a loyal listener and she she supports us. So, thank you. What a you. wonderful email. Yeah, it
0: you know, it's delightful. She really took the time to uh maker case. I really appreciate that. And I want to encourage our listeners to continue to reach out because I know like the Home Alone tragedy um, was a was a big one. But we also cover some other big important things that we'd love to hear your opinions on. Yeah, I mean, Megxit, uh, right in, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) And also, it's going to help us keep doing these aftermath episodes, which are which we really enjoy. And we'd like to do weekly if we can get enough emails from you guys and but not just emails what like what are the other ways people can reach us
1: well they can definitely call us and leave a message (gasps) that would make me so happy we do have a toll-free number it won't cost you a penny
0: yeah. So please call the Erios hotline at 844-370-8643. That's 844-370-8643. And we'll play your voicemails on um, one of the Aftermath episodes. That's fun. You could hear your voice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it's hard for me to sit and listen to my Is own Is it voice. hard? Is it? Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I get it. You'll quickly get used to it, though. Yeah, I'm sure you're used way more used to my voice than I am.
0: I, <laughs> I really am.
1: <laughs> I haunt like, you in
0: your sleep. I know your little speech patterns. <laughs> um, well, you know, be be the Jenny
1: of your group and write in. <laughs> Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, thank you, Jenny. So do you think that changes our verdict? I don't think so. Who do we blame the dad? We, we blame both. The mom the and the dad. You
0: can't you can't just blame the mom. But I do see her point.
1: And God, I love a good therapy session. So I respect her wanting the parents to really go to couples counseling.
0: Yeah, very interesting insights, but it doesn't, it doesn't change, um, it doesn't change my verdict. Now, Amanda, here's the other thing. We are looking to do
1: tragedies from all over the globe. Yes. We would love to do every a tragedy from every continent. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome? I think that's (laughs) what we're striving for. Multiple tragedies of every continent. So if you have any ideas for, uh, you know, even Antarctica, we're we're open to Antarctica.
0: Yes. An
1: Australian, you know, we need way more Asian and
0: African. Yes. uh, You know, it's like Europe and America. They're getting way too much attention. Attention. I think it's because those are are the tragedies that we've really kind of are on the forefront of our mind because we were educated in -hmm. the United States. Um, But yeah, we got to take the alarmist global.
1: Yeah. South America, Bolivia, my people in Bolivia,
0: where? Let me know. Has there been a bridge collapse in Bolivia? (laughs) Maybe some sort of, I don't know, um like hurricane I mean, they definitely have political unrest so <laughs> we could get into that i mean right i know in. there's things in the middle east yeah and, and you know don't be afraid if you don't speak uh english i can read spanish so there it's not go. even a problem um what a, is there anything to like the pyramids was there some sort of tragedy that happened while built like something egyptian would be cool i mean we we could even do um the uh, Cleopatra. christopher Com- columbus
1: i mean that was a tragedy <laughs> Oh, God! Absolute yeah. disaster. Totally. I would say so many people died,
0: and we also want to do something. I know with the um, coronavirus going around, and we have a really bad flu this mm-hmm. season. Something, some sort of outbreak tragedy. We're kind of toying with. So, if you have any suggestions for that, we'd love to hear them. Let us know. Um, so, I
1: think we're right now. What we have on the table is we're going to play you an extended. Version of the interview we had with uh, author John Sedgwick about the Burr Hamilton duel, and he really did have some extremely interesting um insights that we weren't able to put the entire interview on our episode, but if you're interested in learning more about this you know American historical disaster i would encourage you to listen to this uh interview that we had
0: he was so great and made some really good points and had some strong opinions that i just didn't want to taint your final verdict (laughs) so i didn't put them in the proper episode but now i think it's okay for us to reveal them (laughs) you know and
1: and if you think that this should change our verdict write in and let us know hi john thanks for joining us today
2: Rebecca, it's my pleasure. What, what's, what's on deck today?
1: Well, we're talking Aaron Burr and Hamilton duel, and we're really trying to get to the bottom of who's to blame, not for the actual murder of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know Burr uh, pulled the trigger. But what led us down this path? How did we get here? Now we have Excellent some yes. we have some feelings, but I just want to get your off the bat idea. Who do you think is to blame for this tragic duel?
2: Um, both. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it, both of them, I would say, uh, contributed almost equally, um, and that their circle were contributors and their society was a contributor. And the, and the fact is that these were two extremely ambitious men who were rising in the ranks and the further up they went in political life, the more tightly they were in contact with each other and started to rub each other more and more and more and more the wrong way. Um, And I think it really spoke to the narrowness of society at the top, that they just couldn't get out of each other's way and that they ended up um, firing at each other.
1: Yes, it it feels like one of those epic um, duels that have been, uh, you know, very similar to the Nicki Minaj, Cardi B situation that, you know, was brewing for a long time. Just a rivalry of the ages.
2: Right uh, um, I would love to say I know exactly what you mean i 've never heard of either of them uh, but, but, uh, but I'm going to go along with it all the same. Um, I will tell you it, since we're just um, just in sort of run up this you know one of the things that's really quite fascinating about the duel is that people don't know exactly what happened, um, and the reason for that is that the guy, the only one who knows fully is. Burr or was Burr, and he didn't talk about this for another forty years. And that what was um, and the reason that it's so mysterious is that you know even what the, the duels you know was conducted in Weehawken, in New Jersey, and they went there because it would escape the the, the clutches of the law in Manhattan. The, the, the duels were illegal in New Jersey, but this was New Jersey, and the, the rules weren't always observed. So they so they fought in. But the deal was that if you saw a duel take place, you were complicit in the duel taking place so that all of the people around it, and they all had their seconds and there was a doctor there, all of them averted their eyes at the time that the pistols came out. <sighs> so nobody knows who was actually firing at whom and when. Because the issue was, who shot first? And that's not known. It's assumed uh, um, that um, the, the, the statement that went out was that Hamilton shot wildly uh, um, up in the air after um, Burr, uh, um, that Burr leveled him, and that that as he recoiled, that Hamilton's um, shot went up in the air, and that he was not aiming to shoot at Burr at all. And that was the big claim that his people made, to make it clear to the world that he was an innocent victim of slaughter, of merciless slaughter by Burr. And Burr has never been able to escape that reputation. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that it's not clear that that's the way it happened, and that the way that they proved that was that they supposedly brought a branch from, from a tree that was right there on the dueling ground and presented it to the public and said, look, this branch has been chopped in two clearly by a bullet, and the bullet was fired by Hamilton because he was shooting up into the air or, and didn't intend to, to hit anybody. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And it may very well be that, in fact, uh, a bur- that Hamilton shot first. And that Burr didn't realize that where Hamilton was trying to shoot, because mm. Hamilton missed. And the claim was that Hamilton was trying to shoot, uh, you know, elsewhere and not hit Burr. But he may actually have, um, but how can Burr know that? When the, when the gun is shot in his direction, how does he know whether he's intending to hit him or intending not to? And why would you ever shoot anyway if you, um, if you weren't intending? To, to, to kill someone. Yeah, I so think that's Burr, a great point. So Burr shot second, and, and, and so what happened was, you know, you only have two shots. I mean, you only have one shot, and then you had to reload if you are going to have a second round. So Hamilton, I think the way it went down is not the way history pre- presents it. I think with the way it went down was that Hamilton, in fact, did intend to, uh, I think, what is it, something like fire away his first ball, to give up his first ball, to not intend to shoot uh, um, Burr, Um, and that Burr misinterpreted that as him trying to shoot uh, um, Burr, and therefore he retaliated by shooting Burr, interestingly, right in the midsection, uh, um, you know, that this is, if you really want to hit somebody, you aim for the gut, um, and that's that's what he did. I mean, he was very methodical, and he was the the real soldier between the two of them. And and so he uh, um, hit Hamilton and the rest, and and he died at this agonizing death. But there's yet another interpretation which I like, and, and that is that in fact, what I called my book War of Two, and this was a war of two, that Hamilton saw Burr as a threat to the empire, and that he was, you know, the Trump of the age. Again, political statement. I hope this is acceptable to your audience. Yes, but that, he was, <laughs> that, 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 that Burr was the guy, the demagogue who was going to, like, wreck the whole thing, that he was into politics only for himself didn 't care about the country at large and had to be stopped and so that when Hamilton went to the dueling ground, in fact he did intend to shoot Burr and kill him and like be done with this scourge, but he missed uh, um, and that when he missed then Burr uh, um shot him down and I think that there's uh, you know it, it, uh, one of the things that, I, that makes me say this is that the last letter that Hamilton wrote was written to my ancestor, Theodore Sedgwick, who was the Speaker of the House and an ally of, of Hamilton's. And he also knew Burr. Wow. And that in that letter, he, he explained what he, what he was after. He said that one of the things that he, wanted, that he was really worried about was the dismemberment of the empire, which is what, in fact, Burr went on to do. And that he thought also that there was too much politics uh, um, in the system. Well, by that he meant that people that there was too much demagoguery. That that Burr was somebody who had actually can had gone out and canvassed house to house. In those days, uh, in our electoral system, that candidates wouldn't present themselves to the public. They would their friends would do it. They might write letters to the newspapers or contribute essays or something like that. But they wouldn't actually go out into the street and you know meet and greet in the way that uh, politicians. Do now. Burr was the first one to do that, and Hamilton thought that was dangerous because he could then present himself to everybody in a different way. It, mm. it didn't. He would say whatever needed to be said to win that person's vote, regardless of what he actually thought. And the, to Hamilton, that was dangerous, and needed, and it needed to be. Stopped, and so this letter that was written to my ancestor was the last letter that he wrote. He wrote it the evening before he rode over to Weehawken the following morning in 1804, and that and that's those are the things that he was talking about. That he was really worried about the future of the empire, and that he didn't call out Burr by name, but clearly Burr was on his mind.
0: Ready to pop the question.
1: That's really interesting that's a really fascinating take now we are we have a lot to kind of talk about now um, and 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 discuss we you know we're veering towards Hamilton um, but this uh, information about burr really um, kind of changes things a little bit it, it sounds like Hamilton was very uh, he was very nervous about Politics becoming more of a personality contest which Burr kind of
2: right, right. Uh, he was very concerned about reta- what we would now call retail politics that he didn't think that politics should exist it should occur on the ground and he also was an establishment figure who didn't feel that people who were at the time disenfranchised that you had to own property at the time of the Federalist period for you to be eligible as well as being a, a male so you had to be a male property owner to vote and in those days too that there was that there wasn't that much direct election that these electors of the electoral college were the ones who did it for you and so there were there are many steps in In the way to keep true democracy from um, from getting into action and that's another thing that that um, that Hamilton talked about in this last letter he said the real threat to the country is democracy which is a a startling um, statement but what he meant by that was this notion of a direct election that people shouldn't be (laughs) he was saying that the people shouldn't couldn't be trusted to make the right vote and to decide on the politicians that would be elected to office, that that should be done by their betters (laughs) in effect. Um, And that, that, um, you know, that's an alarming notion now, obviously, but at the time uh, there was a lot of concern about the uneducated masses, the, the mobs gathering in the street uh, that uh, the people were quickly inflamed into mad passions. I mean, you think that there's a lot of fake news and disinformation out there today. There was tons more than the papers on both sides of, of any issue had no facts in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if you read the Republican paper, you thought this. If you read the Federalist paper, you thought that. There was no connection between the two. And everybody was trying to whip everybody into a frenzy so that it was a broiling environment, that where or a boiling one where everybody was just in the state of sort of tumultuous unrest, and that he felt that Burr was contributing to it.
1: Sounds like very uh, tumultuous, anxiety-inducing times, uh, similar to the ones we're living in right now.
2: Absolutely. And with this, this difference, which is really important, the, the, the country was young there had never been an experiment in America, in democracy of the sort that, that America was undertaking. There was no history of this. There was no precedent. You had to go back to ancient Rome to find anything like it. Uh, um, and the, the, nobody knew how it was going to go. It was, you know, if the Constitution was ratified in 1789, we're now in 1804 at the time of the duel. That's just what a little like 25 years later, I can't do the math. Um, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> Uh, uh, 15, uh, 15 years later, uh, you know, it's like incredibly young. Nobody knew what this was, how it was going to work, whether it was going to work. You know, Jefferson says there's going to be a revolution every 30 years. It's like the blood for that nurtures the tree or something. You know, it, it, they just thought that it was going to be this constant uproar. A- and in fact, that's what it is kind of was and they never and so that Hamilton was he was the guy, you know, checks and balances had a strong hand in the Constitution Burr bugged out on all of that he had nothing to do with the creation of the government and that he was purely a politician interested only in election, not in governance particularly and that so he um, that Hamilton had a lot at stake and he figured that this was his baby and he was going to preserve it and that Burr didn't give a hoot about his baby and that he was going to wreck it. And he was not going to stand for that.
1: Well, thank you so much, John, for uh, really guiding us in in this topic. <laughs> and, and just okay. uh, if you were going to tell us who you think is to blame, you would say both or one person? <laughs> uh,
2: um, I would say that... It, it, between the two, um, I mean, the short of it is that Burr is to blame. Uh, wow. Burr, after all, is the one who killed, and, and Burr is the one who you know took offense at these letters that Hamilton wrote about uh, um, Burr, uh, uh, and that the, you know these newspaper accounts of an argument that he had with the, about Burr, and with he said terrible things about Burr. All and that there was definitely a class angle to this. That, that um, Hamilton, as this immigrant from uh, um, Nevis in the Caribbean, and that uh, um, Burr was this long-standing member of the aristocracy. Each kind of looked down at the other. Each was very um, sort of class-conscious, sensitive Mm -hmm. sensitive towards each other. um, All of that was in play, but I I think the fundamental truth was that Burr was indeed a bad actor and that Hamilton was one of the founders of the American experiment and that I think that, um, that, that Burr was um, was to blame.
0: Do you think that his points after hearing them changed your mind about blaming Hamilton? Uh, no, actually. Really?
1: Yes. It didn't really change. He, he made the point about um, Burr kind of he, he, he seemed to think that Burr was instigating a little bit more, um, but he also made the point w- that uh, Hamilton, it's possible like shot uh, at not intending, and then Burr, as a as a reflex, actually shot him. and if that was the case, then i I, I still blame Hamilton because he's the
0: one who well, he shot a, 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 you know at the tree. And I think one of the most interesting things that um, John Sedgwick said in that interview was that we really don't know what went down at the duel because the seconds, like he said, look away. But do you really buy that they look away or do you think they're doing one of these where they're peeping through their fingers? (laughs) They're covering their eyes, but they're holding
1: I mean, if you were a second, I know what kind of second you would I'd be, be. I'd be peeping. <laughs> I'm not a peeper. I, I
0: don't <laughs> I don't like to cheat. That's not a big surprise. <laughs> I go by the rules. <laughs> and then last things last before we wrap up the episode, I just want to encourage you guys to rate and review because over here at the Alarmist headquarters, we're working round the clock. Rebecca does so much research. Um, I do a lot of work. Chris does a lot of work. Yeah, we have Malin, Malin. our um, Shout out to our assistant, Mullen. She's helping us. So you've got a team of people here who are working for not really any money. <laughs> <laughs> but because we love doing the show so much and it's so fun. But what helps us and will help us keep doing the podcast is for you guys to go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and rate and review and tell your friends because the more we can grow the Alarmist community, um, the more episodes we can keep doing. Yeah, and
1: uh, my my friend Sonia was, my best friend Sonia was telling me that I should come up with a, a name for our listeners. So <gasps> if you have any ideas of what you would like to be called. What could they be? Like al- al- alarm heads or? Um, right, like buzzers. Uh <laughs>
0: alarmies my alarm my little alarm clocks alarm clocks (laughs) something yeah that would be fun yeah well Well, you want to read a review yeah let's read Um, a review okay this first one's good both of these i think are good
1: well we had amanda s uh, right in. Amanda, is that you? <laughs> no.
0: My, my <laughs> fake name that I use to um, write reviews on all the ERIOS shows is Blooms86. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: <laughs> Bloom, because you're a flower. I guess so. <laughs> um, so so uh, she says, uh, I'm assuming it's a she, alarmingly delightful, five stars. I love this podcast. It's in my regular rotation. That's a great variety of disastrous topics. Uh, there's a great variety of disastrous topics, so each episode feels interesting. It's very funny. The host brings on guests, and they divvy out the blame to people who deserve it. It's cheeky uh, justice in podcast podcast form yes there are ads and so what this isn't a streaming service where you can pay to skip 30 second ads it's free content yeah and people work hard that's right if you can't handle 30
0: <laughs> seconds try therapy <gasps> oh my god well i don't i've never heard anyone complain about the ads, so i'm not really sure where this is <laughs> listeners getting so heated but i love it i know amanda feels right
1: to me (laughs) she she gets the big high five not the big slap
0: yeah
1: now we also have uh tessa b levens who wrote in love this podcast that's with four e's and she also gave us a five-star review um she says i listen to rebecca and her guests daily while listening they have me laughing smiling and scrutinizing the tragic events i would not otherwise know about thank you for all the laughs and education
0: that's great i mean we're doing god's work over here i know and i'm these reviews make me so happy me too I love it when a new one pops up. I know. I check it like every day. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. When I remember, I do. Yeah. And then um, the other thing is, you know, we've been doing this new guest expert segment, which do you guys like it? Give us some feedback because I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, And if anyone listening is a guest expert on a tragedy... Yes. Or knows someone who's a guest expert on a tragedy, let us know because we'd love to have you on the show and maybe we'll even tailor a whole episode around you. That's right. We've had a uh, a
1: psychologist reach out to us. We had a a a scientist. Amazing. So we we've got them all on the docket. We you know, waiting for the right tragedy to give them a call and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> get 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 our hands dirty.
0: Great. Okay, I mean, I think we've
1: we've done it. I think we did it. Um Thank you so much for listening and uh, stay tuned for this little uh, interview. Amanda, let's tell them the best way to reach us. yes. Um, I think an email is lovely. Emails great. Yeah, uh, uh, the alarmist at gmail.com. You can also write into uh, Instagram. We have a little message box where the alarmist podcast that's on Instagram and on Twitter we're at the.
0: Um, and, and of course, uh, as I mentioned before, the Erios hotline, 844-370-8643. I think you've got all the information you need
1: people. You've got the tools. (laughs) The rest is up to you. (laughs) See you next time. Thanks for listening.